Good morning. I, I see in the bulletin that I'm supposed to deliver a homily. How long is a homily? Is that less than 20 minutes? Is that less than three pages? Oh boy, I'm in trouble. Good morning, everyone. My name is Pastor Darren Sheik. I'm a graduate here at CUI. And so I'm always so grateful to come here and to uh, deliver God's word, to be among my, my peers, uh, fellow students, faculty. What a joy it is to be here this morning. That text that was read from Deuteronomy, what a text. Did you pay attention to it? I mean, it's a marvelous text. It's actually a pretty straightforward text. It's pretty, pretty simple. It's not very complicated. I mean, God just lays out a simple choice. Choose life or choose death. Choose good or choose evil. Choose blessing or choose curse. Pretty simple. Pretty straightforward, isn't it? And he tells us how we are to receive or how these choices look. Uh, and how to receive these, these blessings or curses, life or death. He, also pretty simple. Obey all of the law. And obey all of the law with all of your heart and with all of your soul. In other words, obey his word. Hold fast to his word and do it. Do it. You do that. And you and I shall live. Sounds simple? It really is, and it's not complicated. But simplicity, as you well know, doesn't mean that it's doable. That it's possible. Matter of fact, the rest of the Old Testament, after Deuteronomy, all the way through to the end, is a story about how Israel didn't, keep God's law from the heart. Not only did they not do it, but they would not do it. Jeremiah 18 records that. So Israel had choices. And we kind of see how those choices went. You know, you and I also have choices. And when we look into the mirror of Israel, we see ourselves, don't we? The choices that we make. Just like Israel. I mean, it's quite simple. Make a choice for life or death, good or evil, blessing or curse. But at the end of the day, we choose what we want, not what God wants. It's painful to say, but it's actually quite simple and quite true. We choose ourselves above God and others. We read them in the Ten Commandments. It's pretty clear. And like Israel, when we're confronted with that list of God's law, or chapter after chapter of God's law, as in Deuteronomy, we do what all good Americans do when, we face, when we're faced with an impossible task. We cheat. Or we try to find a way to get around the obstacle to make the impossible possible. But my friends, 
that option is not left to us with God's law. We can't lower the bar. We can't bend the rules. We can't say, yeah, but that was then, this is now. And we're always catching ourselves doing this, aren't we? It's hard to look in that mirror at ourselves and see how we're doing, what we are, who we are, when we stand alone in the face of God's law. You know, I'm a big fan of country music. I, I grew up listening to country music. I'm talking about the old school country music from the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, 70s. One of my favorite uh, artists is George Jones. How many of you know who George Jones is? A couple of you. Well, his last big chartable hit was in 1999 called Choices. And let me read to you uh, one of the lines from that song. I love country music because it's just so earthy. It's, it's, it's so honest. Uh, he said, I've had choices since the day that I was born. There were voices that told me right from wrong. If I had listened, no, I wouldn't be here today living and dying with the choices that I've made. Those choices, my friends, bring consequences. And Israel experienced those firsthand when the storm of the armies of Assyria and Babylon did exactly what God promised when they would not obey God's voice. And like Israel, we find ourselves in the eye of the storm, don't we? I mean, Paul writes about this in Romans 7. Again, honest, truthful, doesn't pull any punches. He bears his soul. He says, for I do not understand my own actions, my choices. For, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. And, and I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. That's my life. That's my confession. That's where I find myself. What, what about you? And what is God going to do with a bunch of lawbreakers? Well, God has made a choice too, hasn't he? Matter of fact, in the Ten Commandments that we read this morning, the verse before that talks about that choice. He says, I am the Lord, your God, who delivered you, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. My friends, God has made a choice for Israel and for you and for me. And he didn't make that choice based upon how desirable we looked, how, how good our choices were how lovable we are, but matter of fact, he is very clear that he chose us, set his love on us, made us his treasured possession. Why? Because he chose to love you and to love me, regardless of our choices and our consequences. Jesus made a choice too. He chose to humble himself. 
He chose to empty himself. He chose to lower himself and take on our flesh so that he could live the life and make the choices that you and I cannot, have not, and will not make. He is the one who perfectly obeyed the voice of God. Matter of fact, he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. He became that curse that you and I deserve by being lawbreakers. He took that curse upon himself and nailed himself to a cross, shedding his blood for you and for me, nailing our sins along with it, taking the curse of God's law upon himself. And he chose death to die voluntarily, to die our death. And then he rose to life that you and I might have life eternally. My friends, those are the choices that our Lord has made. And he makes them for you and for me. All that he has won, he gives to you. He, and he doesn't say, I give them to you, good luck, goodbye. Now go make some good choices from now on. No, he does something incredible. He gives us his very own spirit, his very own word, and he places them right into the midst of our hearts. And he writes his law upon that heart. And he, he works faith in that heart to trust his word to trust his promises and to walk and live in those promises. And then when we find ourselves wandering off, he even goes and brings us back. He repents us. And then his voice never ceases that says, on account of my son Jesus, your sins are forgiven. And he holds fast to you, both in this life for eternal life. And then, again, the most amazing thing is he begins to work his will in our lives so that you and I find ourselves actually desiring to do all that God has commanded us to do to love him and love each other. And he, writing that law in our hearts and putting that faith in our hearts the Holy Spirit starts, starts bearing fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Where does that leave us this morning? Well, God's law stands, my friends. We can't relax it. We can't excuse it. Jesus even warned about doing that, didn't he? So we face it head on, but not alone. We have a Savior who shed his blood for us. And he leads us now to pray. What a wonderful response as a Christian when we read passages like Deuteronomy 30, Romans 7. We confess how we fall short. And then we dare to take God at his word. 
that we are forgiven in Christ, that we're new creatures in Christ, that, that the old has gone and the new has come, that we can put on the new man and leave that old man behind, to take God at his word that he loves you and that he's living and doing his work inside of you. And then the honest prayer, Lord, help me. Have mercy on me. Work your good work in my life. Change my heart. Bear your fruit in my life. And he will answer that prayer. He will keep his promise to complete that good work that he has begun in you and in me. In the name of Jesus, amen.